Hi, friends. Hello, hello. You're listening to I'm Sorry What the Podcast with Ashley Sleek. I'm sorry, what? It's just like I showed up at your front door, bottle of wine in hand with 30 minutes of juicy ass gossip to talk about. Like, who doesn't want to do that? I'm sorry, what? We're just here to talk about all those moments that make you really question what's going on in life. Like, why are you hung up over Brad from Bumble? How did Kylie get pregnant again? And, you know, why are you living at home at the ripe age of 29? (laughs) Or is that just me? I'm sorry, what? Hello, hello, and welcome back to I'm Sorry What the Podcast. I'm Ashley Sleek, and I was honest to God going to record tomorrow morning. I was like, you know what? I really did, because last week I I did record an episode 99, and I woke up early, and I did it. And you know, I used to do morning radio, so I was super into the early morning, and I was like, oh my God, this felt amazing. But then I listened to the podcast episode, and I sounded like such a fucking whiny-ass bitch. And I was like, you know what? This isn't the vibe. Here's the funny thing, though. If you happen to have like the podcast was live for a mere hour, I want to say. And if you so happen to have downloaded the episode, at least on Apple during that time, you have episode 99 and you have this little like secret key episode. Now, I don't think it's worth a listen because I think it was ass. But, you know, that is for you to decide as a listener. If you happen to be sneaky enough to have downloaded it right away. Also, thank you for being a loyal fan. That was your reward, I guess. But I'm sorry. I just thought it was so it was just a little too much for me. I you know how I am. I'm very open and honest about my sad parts of my life. I am always open about where I'm at mentally. But to me, there's a little bit of difference between you know, being open and honest where I'm at and just kind of being like a whiny fucking bitch. And, you know, that might not sound very nice, but it's just where I'm at spiritually and mentally. And when I was listening back to it, it just seemed like, I don't know, it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel authentic or me. And I was like, you know what, bitch, it's time to let's take a backseat. Also, I am approaching 100 episodes And I this is 99 episodes. I've got 99 episodes and lots of lots of problems. But um, I just really wanted to make sure that, you know, I always say this. I want to put out content and episodes that I'm proud of. And that just like wasn't one of them. And maybe I'm being too hard on myself. I probably am. That's a thing. And I'm in therapy and I'll work on it. But anyways, I am very excited to share the official 99th episode I recognize I left my window open there is a kid screaming outside my window and I don't think they're cheering for me so um let's quick pause you won't even feel it but I'm going to shut the window um on the kids trying to be a guest star on the podcast like they don't even know that we're making millions of dollars worth of content right here in the apartment and they're just disrespectfully screaming outside my window it's like listen if you're gonna be a screaming fan like at least make a poster you know what i mean normally i'm like smart enough to keep my windows closed during recording but here's the thing i am trying to be I don't want to get canceled anymore. So I'm not going to be like, I'm trying to be a skinny bitch. But like between you and me, I am trying to be a healthy bitch. And so I was in Trader Joe's shopping and I was on the phone with a friend of the podcast, one of my best friends, Kimberly. And I was like, what the fuck do I make for lunch? Like, I don't know what to eat anymore. I feel so stressed. Like, honestly, the Scotland breakup, like really did a fucking number on my eating schedule. I just wasn't. And it was a choice. 
it wasn't the choice that made me skinny, though, which was annoying. Like, I see all these bitches who are like, oh, my God, I didn't eat. And I'm like, you know, break up skinny. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why is that shit? I've never happened to me. Do you know how many people have Crohn's disease and are just like so fucking skinny? And I'm like, it's like God just took a laughter. He was like, you know what? You've been talking shit about me. You keep calling me Beyonce. And I'm going to curse you that even you're going to like literally go through a breakup and not eat. And we're still going to not make you skinny. It's like, fuck you, dude. Um, If I didn't think I was getting canceled before, here she goes again. Anyways, listen, um, (laughs) you know, people have me officiate their weddings with that kind of level of shit that comes out of my mouth. I would never say that during that time. But anywho, by the way, speaking of weddings, this is going to be the Aaron and Ben wedding episode that we've all been dreaming of. There is just some stuff I got to get out of the way right up here in front. Okay, so but don't worry. I know how excited if you're a loyal listener of the podcast. I feel like there's a big part of you that has to be excited about this wedding because one, I mean, I've been talking about it for a very long time, but we all know that Aaron came on the podcast and was talking about how to drop subtle, not so subtle hints to your boyfriend that you want to get engaged. All the while she's sitting there and like, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't call it talking shit, but preaching the good word, you know, of engagement. Ben had the ring. So then I got to have Ben back on the podcast for a two parter drinking with Ben. And he's talking about how he had the ring the whole time. And basically Aaron's making us drinks and it's probably the drunkest I've ever gotten on the podcast, but they are both really great episodes. So of course, I'm going to talk about that here on the podcast. But I wanted to talk about why I decided to record today, which honestly, after the kids screaming, I can't remember if I've already mentioned. But if you're new here to the podcast, I've had a lot of concussions. So sometimes I can't remember what I've already talked about. And it's a really fun game that we play and everybody really enjoys it. And it's just what it's like to be on the I'm Sorry What podcast. So anyways, this is what happened. I was going to record on Tuesday. Like I said, I did a morning episode. It got deleted, but I really love those vibes. But then I sat down and watched the latest episode of the Kardashians. And when I tell you that my soul was rocked on so many levels and I just have to break them down for you. First of all, from a professional level, Kris Jenner is talking about the uh, the masterclass that she does. And she's like in the episode, she's recording it. And Chloe's there supporting her. And there's just like all these little good tidbits that she's talking about. And like, You know, she Chloe mentions that she's like my mom, you know, really made sure that we knew like, you know, we could do anything, which like same. I feel like that's, you know, a standard across parents, hopefully. Um, But mine made me feel very much the same, except for and we will not forget that they didn't come to my freaking talent show, which I talked about a couple episodes back. So I know they didn't think I could be a pop star. And listen, when I could have been making them Hannah Montana level money, And they just like rejected me like that. You know, I always said that when I got rich and famous, I wanted to like buy them a house. But now that I'm having that memory, we'll see. We'll see when the podcast takes off, like what they're getting. I'm just kidding so much. They've had to put up with me for years. Like I moved back home twice and did this podcast in their house and I'm loud. Anyways, so back to the masterclass, you know, Chris was just like talking about how, you know, she started her career so late in the game not like so late, but she was like, I was 40, you know, and there was a lot of talk about being 40 on this episode, you know, and being happy. And so that really was like her talking about this masterclass and just doing what you love and being passionate. It's just I was like, you know what? I love this podcast. 
I love doing it. I feel inspired. Last week was really like a blip for me and I really want to like get on and record. I have it all written out. Like, you know, you got the good content this week. Like, put that shit out there. But the other part was watching Kim and Courtney. And I hope we kind of see this from Chloe later on. But we're really watching Kim and Courtney find these new partners and be in this really great headspace. And as you know, I was a little questionable about the whole Pete Davidson, Kim Kardashian, but I don't even think it's just Pete Davidson that's helping Kim get to that point. It's just Kim in general. You are really seeing her let go and just be her true authentic self. And I know we talk a lot about authenticity and I almost think that word gets kind of like overused in the media, especially with like TikTok and like influencers. And it's all about being authentic, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I feel the same way about the podcast. I always want to be real. And since I am like that, I think a lot of people know that I've been struggling really hard, not just like with the breakup with Scotland, but just like some depression, anxiety in general, which I've always had. But I think as of lately, it's it's been pretty bad. And I think a lot of that also has to do with the fact that I'm getting a lot of like it's not meant to be judgments, but I feel like there's a lot of commentary on my life and it's all nice. You know, it's people really wanting me to be happy and I'm not complaining about it at all. It's just sometimes when you're getting constant feedback, you know, like put yourself first or like, you know, um, (laughs) make your own decisions or like things like that. Mostly the put yourself first. I get that all the time, which I love, but it's just this balance of figuring out like what makes me happy and who I want to be. And I think like watching Kim talk about how she's like in this era of, you know, living for herself, like without like after the Kanye situation, it was just really inspiring to see. And I know you guys are like, Ashley, you can't be sitting here preaching this like beautiful preach about being yourself and it's all stemming from Kim Kardashian. And here's what I have to say. Yes, I fucking can. This is my podcast. Fuck off. I love Kim Kardashian. I'm not ashamed. She has made some mistakes and there's some things I can't back her on. Um, But I think that this version of herself that she is now is kind of like you're watching her become, I think what we all really hope to be, which is just genuinely happy. And for me, you know, I struggle a lot, like as somebody who is a people pleaser, you know, I struggle with this idea that everybody's like, do your own thing, do what you want to do. But I also genuinely like the part of me that's like kind and caring and compassionate. And I think I'm finding the world where those two live together, you know, like the person that is really still going to drop everything for her friends and family when they need them but also knowing how to set like good, solid boundaries. And I think it's hard for me because I never want to make anybody feel sad or upset. And sometimes that leads to me feeling sad and upset. Sometimes you just have to like say fuck it and just go with what you want to do and just hope that the people who are really supposed to be there with you are just going to like support you and have your back and, um, you know, love you through the good and the bad times, which I just definitely feel like I for sure have a good group with me. And, you know, uh, it's just interesting. It's just been a whole crazy journey of, um, you know, really refining myself, I think, especially um, approaching my 30s. I think that's so important. And I think I definitely always thought I'd be married by this point or, 
no, not even or. No, I really thought I'd be married by this point. And <laughs> who wouldn't, you know? Um, and like just accepting that, you know, life has all these different paths. And I'm excited to see where the next one leads. And all that being said, you guys, I had an amazing weekend. Can I just kick it off with this, though? I want to be a heels girl so bad. I feel so powerful when I'm in heels. But the thing is, it's just the minute it's not powerful, it's over. I think I have bruises on my feet from Saturday. It's Monday. It's Monday. I went on a hot girl walk today because literally my therapist was like, "Okay, here's the deal, bitch. He didn't say it like that, but I wish he would. You know, I wish he would. But he was like, you need to have a list in your phone of things to do, like when you start feeling really anxious or sad that are just going to be like healthy ways to deal with it. And I was like, oh, screaming and crying wasn't a healthy way of coping. Like, what are you talking about? Um, anyways, but I obviously am too busy, so I didn't make the list. The only thing on the list is like walk. So I went for a walk today and my feet are fucking on fire, on fire from being in these heels. Because I remember my thing is every time I'm in a wedding, I end up barefoot. OK, or I'm at a wedding. Any let's fuck it. Every time I'm in an event where I'm wearing heels, they're off at some point. OK, but I try really hard to make it at least to my speech. And I was trying hard this round and I was sitting down, you know, up at the head table, flex, flex. And I stood up in my heels and I sat the fuck back down. I was like, no, it's bad for me. So I did do my speech barefoot, but luckily I was like behind the table. So you couldn't see, except for I just kept telling everybody because I have no fucking chill. So anyways, let's talk about the wedding weekend for reals. Okay, so um, someone had called me out this weekend because I was talking about being a bridesmaid a bunch and they were like, Wow. Um, bridesmaid flex, like just talk about it. And I can't remember who said it to me. And I guarantee they were just like joking, poking fun at me. But immediately I got so fucking embarrassed. And I was like, am I too much? Like, am I talking about this too much? Is it annoying? Do people think I'm weird? But then I was like, um, why not own it and make it my whole ass personality? Are you fucking kidding me? If you spend that much money doing something, I feel like you better fucking love it and talk about it all the time, you know? It's like, hello, why shouldn't I be proud of that? Why should I be proud of this vast fucking knowledge that I have? Like, you're welcome that I know which side the bride and the groom should stand on. You know what I mean? Like, I got knowledge for days and I feel like that's not something for me to be ashamed of. It's something for me to be proud of. So let me tell you about my 10th round as a bridesmaid. It was everything I could have dreamed of. Uh, it was in sunny Santa Barbara, California. So I drove down on Thursday because here's the deal. I looked at my eyebrows and I was like, bitch, like two things happened. I looked at my hair and I looked at my eyebrows on Monday and I was like, well, did you forget like what the fuck, girl? So I booked an eyebrow and a hair appointment last minute. The hair appointment I'm going to talk about at the end of the podcast. But let me tell you about my eyebrows. So I went in to do it and I was like, do I do a whole vagina wax or do I just do the eyebrows? You know what I mean? And I was like, listen, bitch, you never know. So I was like, vagina wax me, please. I need it. So anyways, I get my vagina wax, you know, and then, of course, there's a crumble cookie. So after waxing my cookie, I go get a cookie and I drive down to Santa Barbara. If you're wondering, was that part of the story important? No. But do I want to just tell you that I went down with a clean vagina? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
So anyways, Thursday, there was a super awesome like welcome bonfire that I got to go to. And it was really fun to like see everything. We're staying at the Hilton beachfront in Santa Barbara. It was drop dead fucking gorgeous. I had this like huge ass room to myself because, you know, she's single and it was like so fun. I, I don't know. I love a hotel life. The one thing I will say about, you know, when I was dating Jimmy, which um, when I met one of the best men, Rocky, who I've been waiting so long to meet because he's a fellow Californian. We'd spoken on the phone a few times. I was super excited to meet him. Uh, he was amazing and really helped me get down that aisle, you know. But um, he was like, oh, remember when you were dating Jimmy? Like, ew, you know, and I really appreciated that attitude. Um, but one thing is we would take random trips and stay in like hotel rooms all the time. And I just feel like I sleep so good in there. The pillows, I... Honestly, I think it's the air conditioning, though, and the fact that I'm able to control it because I'm like, yes, bitch, let's get to 60 degrees. It's my dream. So anyways, and then I woke up Friday morning and we had a bridesmaids brunch, slipping mimosas, got to meet a lot of like the family and like uh, obviously on the bridesmaids were there. And I got to meet my co-maid um, of honor, who was the, Lexi. She was the matron of honor. And I hadn't met her. And we literally I was telling her, I was like, you know, we have been planning this bachelorette party for so long that you were not pregnant when we started planning. So like I kind of felt like I was a part of her pregnancy in a while uh, for a while. And I got to meet her husband, Ross, who I was like, I'm sorry, I've taken so much of your wife's time. And he was amazing. And it was like so fun to get to meet. And then, you know, it was just fun being at the brunch with all the ladies. And Erin looked fucking gorgeous. She looks gorgeous at every event. And I'm going to keep saying that. But like, it's just unbelievable to me. Like, it was so fun. And then we had a welcome pool party. I say we, it was Aaron and Ben's, but whatever. Uh, there was this welcome pool party. It was really fun. And that's where I got to meet like a lot of the bridal party, which was amazing. Genuinely one of my favorite groomsmen groups I think that I've ever met. I And I always love getting to meet the groomsmen. I think it's so fun. And this was just like such a fun group of guys. The other best man, John, I was super excited to meet him right away. He was like, listen to the podcast with Ben. I asked him why I didn't stick around for other episodes. But, you know, uh, I, I understand not everybody wants to hear about my worshiping love for the Kardashians or me getting vagina waxes. So I very much understand his decisions. But I just thought like the bridal party was so amazing. Obviously, you know, I have mad love for the bridesmaids. I mean, we literally got robbed together. Uh, but the groomsmen were super kind and so amazing. And then, you know, Ben and I had switched rooms. So basically, like he was staying in my room on Friday and then I got to go stay with Aaron on Friday night. And so what was really fun about that was I decided to leave Ben like this little basket because, you know, I spent a lot of time spoiling my bride and, you know, I never really get to spoil the groom. And Ben, to me, has just become one of my best friends. And I talked about this in my speech, you know, and I just feel really lucky. And I have said this on the podcast a few times, but there is something to me that's so important about becoming friends with your best friend's partner. Like, I just think that's the ideal situation. And I'm happy to say that I actually think in all of my close friendships right now, I'm really close with their uh, boyfriends or fiancés or husbands. And I feel really blessed about that. But sometimes it takes like 
a little bit of time or like maybe it's a little bit of resistance there because like you know not every guy's like I want to become best friends with my girls girls like maybe they think it's weird Ben never had that problem (laughs) never had that problem he was super funny and kind and open uh to me right away so it was not a shock to me that his friends were very similar they were amazing and I absolutely love them and it's kind of like this like weird energy when you're all in a wedding together and then you're like the wedding's over and you're kind of sad. You're like, wait, when am I going to see these people again? Like you form like such a special bond as a bridal party. And then all of a sudden it's just like over and you're like, fuck that. So anyways, the welcome pool party was really fun. And then we got ready for uh, the rehearsal. So uh, we took such a cute little Santa Barbara trolley car from the hotel to the venue for the for the rehearsal. And it was so stinking cute and of course it was you know Erin looked amazing her dress like like I said this is gonna come up a lot but like her dress was fucking so goddamn glamorous and I mean she probably could have worn a a trash bag and we all would have been like did Anna Wintour pick that out herself you know like anything she wears is gonna look absolutely glamorous but you know we rehearsed it was uh super super quick like very easy very you know well done you know uh it's not it's not too difficult to rehearse a wedding but you know you'd be surprised it takes a lot of time so then we hopped over to the rehearsal dinner which was so cute and um myself and the bridesmaids gabby and courtney built a champagne tower and i feel like it's really important because as i mentioned you know, I do flex a lot my wedding knowledge and I have an extensive wedding resume. You know, I make a mean Bobo K now. I used to take pride in being able to really successfully bustle a dress. I was having uh, some struggles and thank God Courtney uh, kind of took over for errands. You know, Lexi and I were like figuring it out and it was it was a journey, but we made it happen. And, uh, you know, one of those things I'm excited to add to the resume is that we can successfully build a champagne tower. Uh, It was really, really beautiful. And then from there, we went on like a sunset cruise. Oh, before I before I get to that. Sorry. This was one of the only times I have seen a successful open mic situation. Anytime anyone throws out the words open mic, I immediately get like, oh, fuck, here we go. And listen, that's just because as someone who is DJed, um, I've seen it go really bad. You know, sometimes open mics are just just drunk people up there for too long or sometimes they're just not even drunk but they didn't prepare and something comes over you when you're like there's an open mic I should say something you know even me I knew I wasn't the person that was allowed to speak at the open mic because clearly I was giving a speech the next day but a part of me still felt like I should get up and say something it's like but shut the fuck up and sit down uh I didn't you know but it was a very successful open mic everyone who spoke was really good I cried so much and I was like oh fuck like it's bad for me tomorrow like if I'm crying right now you know so I cried a bunch it was beautiful and then we went on the sunset cruise yes like I'm telling you all these events so you just understand like how epic the weekend was you know so went on this beautiful sunset cruise saw some dolphins like who's dolphins at their wedding you know what I mean like this is some grade a shit right there I'm convinced those dolphins were paid off for sure like for fucking sure but my favorite part of the boat was well this wasn't my you know I think this might have been one of my favorite parts I feel like that's a little weird to say but it was so funny so basically towards the end of the night I was walking and there was like a stairs it was a two-story boat 
and I was walking down and, and I will say this, I did trip up those stairs twice. So on the way down, I happened to be walking down at the same time with this guy and he was like, you know, held out his hand like a gentleman to help me down. So I'm walking down the stairs. I guess technically I'm holding hands with this guy. Never seen him before in this moment. And the best man just locks eyes with me and he comes up to me and he's like, no. You know, there's that TikTok that's like immediately no, immediately no. I've never seen immediately no play out in a scenario, but I'm telling you, I felt immediately no. And I was like, what is happening? And the best man's like, listen, if you want one good night, like one good night, you can keep talking to that guy. But anything other than that, no. And I was like, well, there's a lot to be said here. First off, how do you know that I don't want just one good night? You know, making a bold assumption here. And he was like, listen, if you want it, you want it. And I was like, no, the thing is, I I don't. Um, I don't know who that is. And he was like, I'm telling you right now, like it's a no, you know. And uh, I, I was like, OK, like I, I have no other choice but to, to trust him. You know what I mean? Uh, also, I was like, wow, I really hope that my friends never describe me as one good night. You know, I mean, I was very curious. Does that mean like the night in the morning? Also, sorry, I should have told my dad to stop listening to the podcast at this point. Um, it doesn't uh, it doesn't go anywhere. But I just I just couldn't believe I was getting this pep talk. I was like, wow, you've only known me for a matter of hours and you know that I'm too good for this guy. And that means a lot to me. Honestly, I feel like my problem is the reason I don't think I have a boyfriend right now is because I'm living in the wrong state. Clearly, my wingmen are in Wisconsin and I'm doing it wrong because Ben has always had my back. And then, you know, the best man also had my back. And I was like, wow, I think my wingmen are in Wisconsin. So listen, I, I might be making a move. Who knows? at least going for a visit just to see, you know, and we'll talk more about Ben and Ben and wing manning and the potential of the podcast later on. Um, but OK, so anyways, I you know, normally I like to go chronologically, but I feel like I do have to wrap up the story with this guy because here's the deal. So at the after party, because like I didn't really see this guy throughout the wedding, jokes are made like all throughout, you know, Ben was like, all right, is this happening after their like wedding, you know, like they're during their wedding and Ben's asking me like, you know, is it happening? And I was like, listen, I heard it was just one good night. And I'm not sure, like, you know, I, I don't know. Smashley's not here. So I feel like Ashley doesn't make the same decisions as her. So I can't really, I can't really weigh in on this scenario right now. And I was like, honest to God, you have to point out who we're talking about because I really didn't remember. And so, um, you know, he pointed out and I was like, I don't know. I was like, right now, all I'm thinking about is getting through my motherfucking speech. So then, you know, whatever, at the wedding, he doesn't really approach me. Then we're at the after party and I hear wind that this guy was talking about wanting to make out with me on the bus. We were on two separate buses. And I was like, so what do you think his strategy is? Because he hasn't spoken a word to me. Do you think he's going to just like walk up to me and start making out with me? Because like what a strategy. And I have to say a strategy that would have been respected once again by Smashley. But Ashley was very much present. I was like, this isn't the move. So anyways, by the end of the night, by the time this guy finally approaches me, his shirt is completely buttoned down, but his tie is still tight. And I was like, you know what? I just don't think we're on the same page here. I just I think that we are 
two very different people and um at this moment and it, it's gonna be a no for me and you know there <laughs> there was a lot to unpack there and uh it was it was interesting but i will say this you know um i i was really honored to be somebody that a drunk guy wanted to make out with it's been a while so i really appreciated that and it was fun to have this like weird like fake fling that everybody gossiped about and you know I I just I I think it was funny and fun for what it was and you know I think that I like to live with the memory of wondering what the one good night would have been like and who knows maybe maybe one day our paths will cross again and I will find out but it was nice to keep the wedding night what it was so anyways okay let's go back to Friday night. So then we come back, Aaron and I uh, go to bed and, you know, wake up and it's her fucking wedding day. So exciting. So I get up around 515, go take a shower and then I go get like the coffees and like Aaron had the most beautiful spread of food. And here's the thing. I have the worst PTSD about not eating on a wedding day. So I was in one wedding and I apologize if I've talked about this before, but like it's it's worth saying again. When I was in a wedding of like a very skinny bitch with a very skinny bitch mom. And I don't mean that to say they're bitches. I just mean like a skinny bitch. And so, you know, we had done brunch early and then, you know, the wedding wasn't until later. So we were hungry. And she asked if we wanted to like split burgers, which listen, at this point, I was on prednisone, was the heaviest I've ever been in my life and had to pay two hundred dollars to fit into my bridesmaid's dress so when i tell you like they had to use the fabric from my friend julie's dress to get me into this dress so when i tell you my insecurity was out of fucking one million out of ten and someone takes a look at me and goes do you want to split a burger yeah i have the confidence to say no bitch give me a full burger I honestly was like, if I eat another bite, I might bust out of this dress that I'm already busting out of. You know what I mean? So I had half a cheeseburger and I was fucking hangry because then at the wedding, they sat the groomsmen and bridesmaids at two separate tables and then they were serving like left to right around the room. So then the bridesmaids would be served left. And I went up to the waiter and I was like, if you do not serve table 18 right now, you are going to see some shit. And he's like, I'm going to stick to the schedule. And I was like, I don't give a fuck about your schedule. I was like, I haven't eaten. And yeah, I didn't eat. And this led to then we were served. It was a tiny little piece of meat like the bougie rich people eat. And this ended with me at like 3 a.m. No, I'm sorry. At 2.55 in the morning, sadly knocking on the door of Taco Bell. Like, please, please serve me food because the wedding lasted until then. And they closed at 3. And I was like, it's not 3 yet. Um, so anyways, all that tragedy is to say. That when I see a bride who respects feeding her bitches on her wedding day, it's a 10 out of 10 for me. You know, there was fruit, there was donuts, there was small avocado toast, there was yogurts, there were waters, there was bellinis, there was mimosas. It was just, it was like a chef's kiss. It Oh, there was mini, there was croissant sandwiches. It was it was really everything you could have dreamed of, you know, so it felt amazing. And I always say one of my favorite parts of a wedding is just 
the getting ready in the morning. I love the energy. I love all the girls together in our matching outfits and just hyping up the bride. I just think it's really, really fun. So, you know, I, I had a great morning. I hope Erin did too. I think she did. And then, you know, we hung out. We headed out to the wedding venue and the bus that we took had a custom message on it. It was like a converted, it was super cute. It looked like a school bus, but it was painted all black. And then the seats were changed inside to all look at each other, like limo style. But on the outside, it said, cheers to the vocals. It was like the cutest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. So we get to the wedding, take our, put on our dresses, take our pictures. It was so, so, so fun. And then um, Ben and Aaron had their first look. Then we all took pictures together at Chard Photo. And he's verified, so like, you know, he's good. But he was just so fun. He brought such a level of energy. Their videographer, I think I'm going to like say this wrong, but it's Ken Stesna Films. C-A-S-T-A-N-E-D-A Films underscores the Instagram. And he actually went to college with Aaron and then one of the bridesmaids, Gabby. And he had such a fun energy, too. So I highly recommend um, these two vendors. They were so awesome. And yeah, it was just like really fun. And then all of us were went back up into the bridal suite and hung out until the wedding, which was just like I said, this was such a fun bridal party across like the bridesmaids and groomsmen. It was just so fun to like hang out and just relax and like become besties. I just had like the best time. And then the wedding was absolutely beautiful. I mean, Aaron, Aaron's dress looks so stunning. I mean, it, it, I literally think it should be illegal for someone to look like that unbelievably perfect she was so gorgeous and Ben was so happy you could just tell like they I mean they really look like Ken and Barbie it's it's unfucking believable so um the wedding ceremony was super gorgeous and then we went back and then obviously you know me I'm like stressing I was like I gotta get the speech I don't like to drink before my speeches because as we remember um I chugged I did a tequila shot and chugged Chardonnay before Haley's speech and I you know basically told the crowd that I thought Haley should date her husband no matter what because he was a firefighter which makes him an automatic hottie and I was single at the time I knew there were single like firefighter men there and I knew the strategy I was doing and it was a 10 out of 10 for me but I mean that being said obviously I did not take home a firefighter that night that was the um Idaho Ohio Ohio guy which I will let you go back into the podcast and listen because to go full circle with this wedding and that night that was the time that I brought a man home randomly to my hotel room that I was sharing with my best friend George and it was also the day that Air was picking her wedding dress so when she called me to tell me about her dress I had a random man in my bed and um all this is usually in the second half of the podcast. I think I'm just going to tell my dad to skip this whole episode. But anyways, um, so I answered the phone with him in bed because it was more important to me to hear about Aaron's dress. And if that is not grounds for being the best maid of honor, I don't know what is. So anyways, here's the thing about my speech. Um, I don't think it was I don't think my speech was bad. I just think that I don't know if I performed that well. Here's the deal. I I got really nervous. I feel like I had an out of body experience when I was giving my speech because I fumbled. And here's the deal. Like, I know sometimes I fumble on the podcast, but that's just between you and I as like girlfriends, you know, like that's just between the girls. But when I'm public speaking, I normally always have my shit together. So I was shocked that when I when I did fumble, like it was almost out of body experience where I was like, who's 
who's speaking. But I feel like when I got up there, just like this wave of emotion just hit me and I felt like I couldn't hang. Also, I will say this. Um, I thought the two speeches before me were really good. Rocky's was fucking hilarious. And, you know, Lexi and I were chatting, you know, and she's like, you know, usually the groomsmen are like a little bit funnier than like the bridesmaids. And I was like, well, now I feel like a challenge accepted. I'm like, you don't think I'm going to go up there and be like a stand up comedic? Oh, my God. I'm stumbling again. Listen. uh, Ew. Okay. anyways. So then, um, you know, Lexi's was really, really great and super sweet. And I laughed at her. So I thought she was funny, too. And then I went up and I fumbled and I was like, who is she? But I still hope that like what came across was my mad love because then I started like sobbing at the end there. And um, I thought I, I the one joke that killed was when I decided to quote one Dr. Taylor Allison Swift. And, um, you know, I did say to shake it off. But honestly, you know, the speech wasn't for the crowd. It was for Ben and Aaron. And it was just for me to let them know how much I absolutely love them and believe in their relationship. And at the end of the day, as much as like I love to be a crowd pleaser and we love to perform, that is what's most important. And I hope that that is what really came across because I truly, truly do love those two so much. And I am just so unbelievably honored that they chose me, that Aaron chose me. I mean, we've been friends for so long. We met when we were 15 years old. You know, we have been through a fucking lot together, um, you know, uh, from, you know, I won't speak on her struggles. But, you know, for me, it's like, you know, I got Crohn's disease like the first year that we met, you know, and that was like when I was going to camp and I didn't really know how to tell people and I was like super uncomfortable and I was really trying to find my way, especially at this summer camp that we met at because I that was my first year transitioning from like a a camper to a counselor, you know, so like that was really nerve wracking. And she just like made me feel so comfortable and safe automatically. And, you know, like I said, with Ben, you know, he's always just felt like he had my back. And that was just everything I could have dreamed of, you know, and listen, we've talked about this. So when I was first single, also in the time that they've been engaged, I've gone through two breakups. And even though like it was her wedding time, like we always had this fun. I always made these funny jokes about how like I would be like sobbing and then I'd be like, okay, just please tell me about the wedding, you know, and it always like brought me this joy. And then it was kind of crazy that, you know, obviously Scotland, and I went through another breakup in the time that not another, another for me, break up in the time that they were engaged. And so I wanted to make that joke in my speech, but I felt like it was too sad. But, you know, I meant like that, you know, I was going through all this and and Ben just chose to be supportive and like be my friend through it too. And I just thought like what an amazing, you know, characteristic of, of a partner. And I just thought that was always really cool. That being said, when Jimmy and I first broke up, Ben and I talked about him coming on and doing Bumble with me. And we call it Bumbling with Ben. And then I went and found Scotland, obviously. And I was like, listen, like when I was ready to be back on Bumble, it didn't take me too long to find Scotland. So Ben and I's window was really small. And now I'm I'm hoping that when he gets back from his... Um, honeymoon, you know, we can do bumbling with Ben. I'm also hoping that like I'm ready at that point because right now I'm not sure. I feel like a part of me, the reason I wasn't like super into like the random guy that I still don't know his name is there's a part of me that thinks I might just still not be 
ready for that. And, you know, uh, I, that was something I really wasn't anticipating. So anyways, that's just a little teaser of what's to come from one of my favorite wingmen. But listen, I have to give you a list of things that were unbelievable at this wedding. Okay. So we each had monogrammed napkins. Like there was embroidered monograms on our napkins. Okay. Then there was a um, champagne wall, which was also the seating chart. Amazing. Right. Like who doesn't want to just get an alcohol like to sit down with. That's my dream. There was custom cocktails for each city. So there was like a California one, a Wisconsin one, and a DC one because they met in DC. Aaron's from California and Ben is from Wisconsin. The California one was called the Cali Girl Rita. How fucking cute. And then the fucking pictures that went with each cocktail was their dog Bodie like dressed up and, and different little things. It was the cutest thing I think I've ever seen in my life. There was also like their name was on the dance floor. Um, the bar itself was also custom. Like the physical bar was like wrapped with their little. There was like they used their monogram when um, this like design. I mean, I'm telling you, it was so unbelievably gorgeous. And I just like at every turn, I was like, oh, my God, look at that. Oh, my God, look at that. Oh, my God, look at that. It was so fun. It was such a fun wedding to be at. And I also want, you know, I did not even try to catch the bouquet, which I was called out on. You know, they're like, you didn't even try. And I was like, listen, I don't know if I'll ever top the moment that I caught the bouquet at my friend, friend of the podcast, loyal listener, Julie and Ryan's wedding, because it was on my birthday, too, which was added like an extra level of cockiness for me. And I don't totally remember this, but at the time I was dating Jimmy and I walked up to him. I handed him my beer and I was like, watch this. And I walked on the dance floor and I caught the bouquet and I walked off and I just picked back up my beer and I was like, that's right. Um, really glad that that didn't leave me, obviously, to marrying Jimmy. But I just feel like I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to top that bad bitch mentality. It was really a whole fucking vibe. So um, and then after the wedding, they had an after party, which I can't recommend more. I feel like I've only been to a few weddings that I've had this. And I know that like it's I'm sure, you know, it's not super easy to coordinate and everything. So it's like no shade to people who didn't do it. But I was like, if you're planning a wedding, like I highly recommend this. It was really fun. Um, One of my job duties that was on the list was to deliver a pizza to the bridal suite. And I was really like nervous I was going to forget it. And I felt like I mean, I I honestly I wasn't I wasn't. I really didn't think I would forget it because I feel like I when I'm a maid of honor, like I'm a maid of honor. I did get the pizza delivered like right away. And then it was just really fun to have everybody there together. You know, like I said, that guy was there. It was a no for me, but it was just fun getting to like chat with everyone. We played music again and was dancing and singing. It was just such a fucking vibe. And I I truly love it. Like I really got home to my like hotel room at like three in the morning and I had zero complaints. Not even when I woke up in the morning, I was like, it was all worth it. But here was my big hero moment, though, that I'm pretty proud of. And I mean, it wasn't fun, I'm sure, at the time for the for the spouses slash partner. But when the bridesmaids, Gabby, her boyfriend was like, I can't find Gabby. And then um, I was like, well, we'll find her, you know. So we like went and looked for her. She never phone, whatever. I texted to the girls in the bachelorette party. They were together. And then we walked back and Aaron was like, I haven't seen Ben. Like, she's like, I'm ready to go up to the room. And I was like, you know what? I was like, Nick, take a seat. Aaron, take a seat. I'm going to get 
I'm gonna find these bitches. And sure enough, I found them in the, in, in the same spot. They're both at the bathrooms. And I walked them back like little trophies. And I felt like that was my final drop the mic maid of honor moment. I was like, I delivered this to you. Like I, and with that, my watch has ended. And my beautiful reign of maid of honor has come to an end. And it was such an amazing experience and I love Aaron so much and Ben and those girls those bridesmaids were so amazing they were such a joy to just like be with and be around and I love them so much and I'm really really happy that I got to be a part of this weekend Hi friends, I'm so excited to talk to you about one of my new favorite brands, Kitsch. I don't know about everyone else, but I'm going back into the office and Kitsch has not only been so useful from work from home life, it is also very helpful for going back into the office. So listen to this, I started with the very cute like cheetah print satin pillowcase that I'm obsessed with. It sets the tone for my new bedroom, I'm in love, and honestly, it really does make my skin and hair feel better and I'm not just shitting you on that. And then when I was working from home, listen, I would do this thing where I would take a shower and then I would throw my hair up in the towel scrunchie and then like when I felt like getting out of my pajamas and I had to have a meeting, I would go blow dry my hair and it cut down the time astronomically. And then now I've got like the little ice roller thing because now I have to be up and like get in a car and drive to work. So I need to wake my ass up and the ice roller just does just that and it's so amazing, so helpful. And then I also got the heatless curler. So I can like curl my hair in that little, you know, pillow looking thing. And then I drive to work and I take it out and bam, I look flawless. I highly recommend Kitsch. They have all sorts of amazing products. Like I just named a bunch, but they have so much more. And you can get 15% off with promo code AshleySleek15. That is Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-E, Sleek, S-L-E-E-K, 15 and you can visit the link in my bio on Instagram to shop super easy. It's at Ashley Sleek on Instagram. Okay, bye. I know the second half of the podcast is usually like super juicy and I'm sure that, you know, it normally would have been for the story of me hooking up with that random guy with a tie, you know, but in reality, it, um, you know, it has become kind of the other part where I talk a little bit about like, the healing from the Scotland breakup. And, you know, I I have a very interesting, weird story about it. OK, so one of the things I, I make I make jokes about is how I think that like dyeing your hair is an essential part of the breakup po- process. And I do feel like there was a really small part of me that was kind of resisting getting my hair dyed because I know there's a big part of me that was resisting this whole breakup altogether. I feel like if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that. Also, if you've been listening to the podcast, I also think you just know how much I liked him because I talked about it all the time and I think I still have. And, you know, sometimes I don't want to talk about on the podcast also because I'm like, I don't know. I feel like, is this me not like getting over him because I keep talking about him? But I don't know. I just want to be like really honest about my process of healing through the breakup so basically I looked at my hair like I said and I was like okay girl like you're in you're in Aaron's wedding like you cannot look like ass so when Jenna and I had our Campbell weekend out I had met this hairdresser and I was like oh my god my sister like had a baby you know so selfishly and now she can't do my hair and um you know so rude And so anyways, I was like, you know, can I get your card, whatever. So then I call up the salon and, you know, obviously I 
had never been there before or anything. I didn't even look at the address when I had called. I was just like, whatever. I remember her saying, I'm sure it's in San Jose somewhere, whatever. So I'm like hyping myself up to go get this done. I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling good this week. This is like, this is going to help me get over Scotland, like blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the fucking salon was right around the corner from Scotland's house, like literally right around the corner. And I was like, no fucking way. So obviously, like I'm kind of kind of like choked up because I haven't like had to drive past that part of town and like all these memories are coming up and I'm just like really sad. So then I started like crying as normal, you know, whatever. So then I go into the salon and I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like I was embarrassed and I was like, you know, and like my ex-boyfriend lives right down the street and I just like I haven't been to this part of town and, you know, but I had all these really nice things to say. I was like, you know, this was like such a good relationship for me. I'm like, you know, and I know you all have heard this before, especially in the breakup episode, but like truly he was one of the best guys I've ever met and known. And I really feel like I became like a better version of myself while I was dating him. And I was just so proud to be his girlfriend. I really felt like he was just this like really amazing guy. And I loved you know, the way he cared for like his kid. I love the way he cared about his job. Like there was just so much. And I just told her, you know, I was like, it was really great because I feel like he raised the standards for me. Like he really showed me what I was looking for. So, you know, when I'm ready to move on, it's like the bar is not going to be 